And welcome to those again joining online, those that will watch us later. Hello to you as we continue to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, as we are here today, I have to make a confession to you that uh, many of you know this, but uh, I am a, there's two types of people in the world. There's those that wait till Thanksgiving for Christmas, and there's those that don't, right? And uh, I am a hardcore, I need to wait. Like, I need my Thanksgiving to get through and all that stuff, but I know uh, many of those out there, maybe in this room, are not that way, including my wife. So we have always this battle going on in our uh, house every, every year. But a few years ago, uh, the Grinch, as I like to call myself sometimes when it's you know, pre-Thanksgiving, had moments of uh, clarity. And so I would say uh, when I lived in kind of Cincinnati area, there was a radio station. that was a Christian radio station. And every year, kind of like the beginning of November, they do this great kind of big marathon uh, fundraiser. And when they get all the money in, they would pretty much immediately turn on Christmas music before Thanksgiving. And then you wouldn't see them until January, right? They would just play Christmas music the whole time. And it would always drive me nuts, always drive me nuts. And I always had to change the channel one year. I was sitting there, and they had just switched it over, and I hadn't had a chance to realize what it was. But there, they had a commercial on, and one of the commercials was actually a comedian. And he was talking about Christmas music, and specifically he was going on and talking about a specific song. Now, you probably know this song, but uh, you've heard it a few times, I know. Do you hear what I hear? Remember this one? Going through, he's talking about it, and he's remembering some of the words. You know, it says, "This shed food for to the mighty." Do you know what I know? Right? Do you know what I know? Yeah, I know you can't echo. I like that. That's good. That's good. In your palace, warm and mighty king. Do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. And it could be a song there that says. Child shivers in the cold, why don't you bring a blanket, right? A blanket to the child and shivering in the cold. And I thought, you know what? That's so true. That is a really odd, like, Christmas lyric. And you know what? Is it on? Is it on? Yeah. Oh, okay. I must, have, must not, the flip switch must not go. Well, you guys online missed some great singing. It's just fabulous singing, fabulous singing. <laughs> Sorry about that for those online. I had split the switch, but apparently not far enough, and I apologize. As uh, we were talking about that, but I was just mentioning about how odd some of Christmas music uh, lyrics can be. And so, yours truly uh, started listening that year to Christmas music before Thanksgiving, religiously, as much as I could. Every time I got in the car, I turned on the Christmas station, started listening to it, and I have to admit it wasn't for very noble reasons. It was for the reasons of I was going to figure out how many songs I could catch lyrics to that we sing, all Christmas-known songs that seem very odd, right, or maybe misplaced. And so I came up with a few. I thought I'd share them uh, here with you. This was about seven, eight years ago, but I still remember what it was. So, for instance, there was a little uh, song called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You guys know this one, right? right? You want to sing it together a little bit here, right? Right? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of creepy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know Santa, like, knows what we do, but, like, the fact that he's, like, spying on me and watching me sleep, that's awkward. And, you know, as I think about that as a kid, that should have frightened me to death, and I don't know why it didn't, but... 
it should have, right? And, uh, you know, as I think about Santa Claus, you know, of course, he knows all that we do and keeps track of that and checks the list and does it twice and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, Santa, if you're, you know, listening to this sermon, hopefully you uh, don't watch me sleep because that's kind of bothersome right there. Or maybe this one. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Remember this one? Right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Right? And there's the part that it goes, it's the happiest. Happiest season of all, with the holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the hap, happiest season of all. Right? All good then. Then it goes, there'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. It's so nice. There'll be scary ghost stories. You ever thought how weird that is? Like, I know we got, like, the Christmas carol with Scrooge and the three, you know, Ghost of Christmas, Past, Present, Future, but, like, I just imagine my, my kids, like, coming together for the Christmas story, right? And it's like, all right, kids, come on, we're going to tell a Christmas story. And it's like, on a dark and spooky night, right? Just such an odd lyric when you stop and think about it, of uh, snuck in there and we don't even realize it. And, you know, one more that I came up with, of course, was probably many more, but the ones that I remember was this one. So, up on the housetop. Yeah, yeah, up on the housetop, right? So, up on the housetop, reindeer paws, out comes good old Santa Claus, down through the chimney with lots of toys, all for the little one's Christmas joys, right? It's so happy, so happy, right? And then there's the one verse, and it's so good, ho, 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 or of course that is, who wouldn't go, ho, 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 who wouldn't go, up on the housetop, click, 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 down through the chimney with good Saint Nick. Now, I don't know about you, but you ever thought about in the winter, going up on the housetop with a bunch of prancing reindeer and then jumping down the chimney with Santa, I know a lot of people who wouldn't go, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, so that was a little awkward, you know, when you think through it in the first place of who wouldn't go down the chimney. But then it goes on, right? And there's this beautiful, oh, it's so nice, right? First comes a stocking with little Nell. Oh, dear Santa, fill it well. Give her a dolly with that laughs and cries. One that can open and shut her eyes. That's so nice, you know? And then, of course, it keeps going, ho, 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 you know, and then, then there's the Latin next verse, right? And, and, and there's kind of debate on it, whether it's a will or a bill, but I'll just say bill because that was the original as far as I could tell. Look in the stocking of little Bill. Oh, just see what a glorious fill. Here's a hammer and lots of tacks, a whistle and a ball and a whip that cracks. I don't know about you, but I think little Bill's got some issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's what he asked for Santa for Christmas, I, mean, I don't know what he's doing, right? And, of course, as you think about those, those lyrics and just some of the odd things that happen, you know, there are unexpected surprises, right? And, of course, when you sing songs and you stop and think about lyrics, sometimes you go, wow, that is kind of awkward and weird. One of the good surprises that I ever had was uh, learning about some cultures. And so I've always wondered about the one verse, you know, the, the song, you know, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. You guys done singing? You know, you don't feel it? Like, you know, we had a happy new year, right? And then there's the one verse that goes, now bring us some figgy pudding, now, right? And I've always wondered, what in the world is going on with that? And, and I truly haven't ever figured it out, truly the origin of that. But I did one time take guitar lessons from a guy from Puerto Rico. And he let me know that in his culture, in Puerto Rican culture, that's kind of a descendant uh, uh, also from Spain, what would happen was on Christmas Eve, what they would do before you would go to church, you would, someone would start, and they would start, you know, going around, and they would start caroling the houses. But the idea was not just you carol the house and leave. The idea was you carol the house, 
and then you demand to them to bring some cake thing they always make. And so they have to bring out the cake, share with whoever's caroling, then everybody moves on to the next house. And it's a way to gather up the community. And then after everybody gets, I guess, you know, it sounded like they kind of spiked the cake, so I don't know how that works exactly, but you know, everybody goes very jolly to the church afterwards and celebrates Christmas together. It was a way to round up the community. And I've always suspected that's probably what's going on in that song, but I've never been able to fully uh, prove that or, or find somewhere that really definitively will say that. But of course, in Christmas, there's all those different things that happen and all those stories and unexpected surprises and things that happen. Of course, we remember Jesus' birth, but that wasn't the end of Jesus' story. Even as a child, Luke tells us a few more things that take place before Jesus, you know, enters the page as a full adult, if you will. And uh, right after that famous story that we, we read every single year about the shepherds coming and seeing Mary and Joseph, right after that, Luke goes on and tells us a little more about Jesus' upbringing. And it's interesting because Mary and Joseph get very surprised and unexpected gifts, if you will, when this happens. It says in Luke chapter or 2, that is, starting in verse 21. So here's the first couple things that happens in Jesus' life. It says, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was officially named, that is, Jesus, the name the angel had given to him before he was conceived. And so Jesus actually went through the proper circumcision that was of the Jews. And then when the time goes on to say, when the time was right then, so after that, uh, for their purification according to the law of Moses had to be completed. And so, if you didn't know this, in Leviticus chapter 12, there's a whole bunch of, you know, Leviticus has a bunch of codes and stuff about being not physically clean, but ceremonially clean. And so there was an act that was supposed to happen and remind the people of God's work in their life that when they had a child, they were supposed to go and offer sacrifices to become ceremonially clean again, to remember, and primarily to remember that God's grace was part of their life and had brought them through and to give glory to God. And so, when they did this, Jesus' mother, Mary, did this. And so Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it's written in the law of the Lord, that every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. So the first thing we can kind of know, if we kind of get the feeling, is Jesus grew up with a very devout family, right? It wasn't just the stories that we hear, but we have kind of proof here that Jesus' family didn't just, you know, hear some angels and do, go on with their way, that they actually tried to live the life that God had told God's people to do. But it says this, that, when they went to offer their sacrifice in keeping with what the law of Moses, of the Lord, had said, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, it's kind of interesting there, one little quick kind of blurb, is that if you were poor, you didn't have to offer a lamb and a dove. You got to offer two pigeons or two doves. They, they kind of don't really distinguish the two, if you will, in the language. And so, so Mary actually gives what the poor person's offering is supposed to be the ceremonial cleansing. But then it goes on and it says these words that when, uh, so after this happens, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. So moved by the Spirit, he went up to the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for them what was custom and what the law required. So Simeon took Jesus, that is, in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which have been prepared in the sight of all people, a light 
for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people, Israel. It was an unexpected gift because it says right after this that Mary and Joseph, you know, even though they've been told by the angel who how important this person is and that he's going to manual God with us, all these different things, but this is the first time Gentiles really have truly been mentioned that Jesus' purpose is not just for the Jews. And so it says here that the child's father and mother marveled at what was said to them. And Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mother Mary, that is, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your sword, our own soul, that is, sorry, I can't talk right now, a sword will pierce your own soul too. Later on, then, it talks about how there's another prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phuneal, who comes on, and she, as well, grabs Jesus and starts pronouncing all sorts of prophecies, if you will, over Jesus in the courts. And, of course, at the end of all this, Mary and Joseph, after doing everything required by the law, returned to Galilee of their town in Nazareth. And the child grew up and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I don't want to know about you, but I just think about Mary and Joseph and all the things they went through, and I kind of end the story when Jesus is born, you know, in some ways. But the surprises weren't over. The surprises kept coming. And so when they were just there bringing Jesus up and doing what the law required of them, all of a sudden, outspots poetry, if you will, from some holy people moved by the Spirit of God that revealed more of Jesus' purpose. Now, what's important about that is that Christmas isn't over. And in fact, the gifts, the unexpected gifts that God's going to bring into our life keep coming. And it's not just that we come and worship the babe and then we move on, but the Lord still has for us different surprises, different uh, unexpected gifts, if you will, to happen in your life and in my life. But what I think is so important about that story is those gifts came when Mary and Joseph were doing all the things that they were called to do, and they were doing their best to uphold them. And that's when God shows up in these very unexpected ways and moves in their life. When I consider this story, one of the things it reminds me is to live, to do my best, to not just come on Christmas Eve and remember the story of Jesus being born, but to truly try to live my life as best as I can according to what God has revealed to us. And it's in those moments where all of a sudden people show up filled with the Holy Spirit that unexpected things that I never saw God would do or even expected God to do, God will show up and do them. And I know in this book and the promises that are made here, it's not just for Mary and Joseph not just for pastors, it's also for you. That God is wanting to do unexpected things to encourage you, unexpected things to draw you further to him, and unexpected ways for you to serve. Let us pray. God, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the testimony that is given to us about Mary and Joseph, and how, Lord, they did their best to serve you, and I'm sure in so many ways they fell short, and what could it be to be the parent of Jesus Christ and all the dynamics that went into that. And yet, Lord, they did their best. And even though, as Scripture kind of enlightens us a little bit about their situation, that they were considered poor and could only offer the two pigeons that day. 
But Lord, they did their best. And God, you did the rest. And so, Lord, as we come and prepare for a whole new year, where many times in our culture we prepare ourselves to make new resolutions and to set about new goals in life, God, instill in our heart, the very heart of Mary and Joseph, to follow you all of our days. Amen.